and welcome to Small Biz Matters. We are broadcasting live in the city of Sydney here with Senator Michaelia Cash, who is, of course, the Federal Minister for Small Business. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Alexi, it is my absolute pleasure. I know you're a little bit busy. There's this small thing <laughs> There's coming a small up. Thing. <laughs> small thing coming up called an election, which is um, obviously taking up a lot of your time. But we're really excited to be talking to you all about specifically small business today because I don't believe and my listeners don't believe it gets enough attention. It is the engine room of the economy. Absolutely. We are the largest employer. You are. And, um, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let's get straight into it. Um, let's talk about the election, first of all. Uh, what is the Liberal Party going to offer small business as part of the election campaign? They are absolutely front and centre of our decision-making process. Um, I'm incredibly passionate, as is the Prime Minister, about the role that small and family businesses play in the economy. And as you rightly said, they are the engine room. That's just not some words. 3.3 million small businesses across Australia. They employ heading towards 6 million people, around 5.7. So when you look at it like that, you know, half of Australia's working population wake up every day and guess what? They're employed by a smaller family business. So when it comes to priorities, our priority is very much looking at how we can ensure we're putting in place the right policy framework for small businesses to prosper and grow. Because as you know, Alexi, when small businesses in Australia prosper and grow, they create more jobs for Australians. So let's talk about specifics. So it's one of the things that you've um, outlined in the, in the federal budget was to increase the uh, small business threshold for asset write-off. Absolutely. Which is helpful. What else is, is there to Okay, so the small business instant asset write-off. I have met so many small businesses that have been absolutely thrilled that we have increased it from 20000 to 25000 to now $30,000. We announced that on budget night. We legislated it two days later. Announced on the Tuesday, legislated on the Thursday. But because we have a strong economy, Alexi, what we've also been able to do is increase the number of businesses that are able to access the instant asset write-off. So previously, it was $10 million or less. Because of the strong economy, we've increased that to businesses with an annual turnover of $50 million or less. So to all those small businesses out there, if you've got the capacity, go out, purchase assets, invest in your businesses, speak to your accountant and utilise that policy. But another really important policy is obviously tax cuts. We are the party, the coalition government, that believes in giving tax relief to Australians, whether you're a small or family business, a medium-sized business, or alternatively, a personal income tax cut. Why? Because we know that for every single dollar that we can give back to a smaller family business, they will utilise that to invest back into their business and grow their business. So as you know, it was 30%. We've reduced it to 27 27.5%. And in 2021-22, the tax for small and family businesses or businesses with annual turnovers of less than $50 million dollars goes down to 25%. So that obviously assists with cash flow. And that's Absolutely. One of the I really want to talk to you today about cash flow and the fact that we have quite a large blowout with the, uh, the payment terms and the payment timings for small business in particular. Now, I'll give you a couple of examples. I work with hundreds of small businesses. And what the issue is, is that basically it can take up to like we've got here an average of 26.4 days late. Now that's after big businesses put pressure on small business to extend the payment terms to make sure that we're actually fulfilling what they want, end of the month plus two months. 
And what happens is it's a trickle-down effect, is we as small businesses will pay our contractors and the people who work for us first, and we're the ones who Absolutely. are lobbed with that, yeah. that burden. So the cash flow issue is quite large. Is there any intention of, at a federal level to start legislating payment timings, which has happened in other countries and accelerated the economy? Is there any uh, plans to... Um, improve I know they've improved it from 30 days to 20 days when it comes to paying small business but that to me is still quite a long time if I'm paying my contractors immediately so what's the plan to get that you cash flow raise um, an excellent point cash flow is king for small business and uh, I was horrified when I came into the portfolio to hear that some big companies were actually extending out payment times to up to 120 days. Um, we have made it very clear as a government that is completely unacceptable. I am a believer though that you have to lead by example. So as a government, as of the 1st of July this year, so almost in a few weeks time or a few months time, um, the government will ensure that contracts up to a million dollars are paid within 20 days. We also publish our payment times because transparency keeps people accountable. Uh, what we've also done though, because it's not just the Commonwealth Government, it's state and territory governments as well, we have ensured that the states and territories on the COAG agenda are discussing this and basically working out how quickly as states and territories they can pay their small businesses. What we've also done is we've said to businesses with $100 million in turnover or more, you actually have to now publish your payment times so that small businesses understand what your payment practices are and they can make active choices as to whether or not they actually want to go and do business with you. But the reality is if you're a small business, you can't or normally make such an active choice. You will take the work wherever it gets and you can be dictated by those payment terms. The government doing that is one thing. Is there any plans to do any sort of legislation to get large, multicultural, huge corporates to pay faster? Uh, well, again, in terms of the $100 million, that is, and that's something that we worked very closely with the BCA on because we wanted them to come on board and actually agree that this was A, unacceptable in terms of the payment times, but B, put in place a process whereby transparency for those businesses would give small businesses the opportunity to understand what are their payment practices. I am a big believer that technology itself will also enable in particular government to ultimately bring down its payment times. So as we look say to the future, there is gonna be a big focus on technology and in particular ensuring that systems talk to one another. So if you're doing business with government, you can basically submit an invoice and the technology will actually enable governments going forward to turn around their payment times much sooner. But I've made it very, very clear as the minister, anything over the 30 days, if you are deliberately withholding payment from small business, that is unacceptable. And believe me, I will continue to keep a very close eye should we be returned to office on the 18th of May on what these companies are doing. But what does a small business do? What's our what's our recourse if we do know of large corporations oh, who are refusing to pay? Work us? with the Federal Small Business Ombudsman, who does a great job representing small businesses. I work very closely with the Small Business Ombudsman, Kate Carnell. This is something that we have looked at uh, together and discussed what we can do uh, if you know if and when we get over the line on the 18th of May. So if if there are examples of Big businesses that are doing the wrong thing, phone me, phone my office, phone Kate Carnell, 
we want to be made aware of these. And are you going to continue to work with organisations like COSBOA as closely Absolute. as you Absolutely. COSBOA, Peter Strong, they do a fantastic job representing small businesses. I've known Peter Strong now for many, many years. He is an incredibly passionate advocate for small businesses. Um, and, and I am in constant contact with Peter in relation to uh, you know, the issues that affect small businesses, including obviously payment times. So let's talk about cutting red tape because yes. at all three levels of government, uh, that's a bastion of, of the Liberal Party Absolutely. when it comes to small business. Um, one of the things we've been pushing for in this program is a very simple concept, which is the confusion around employee versus contractors. Yes. Yep. Now, um, you can talk to any accountant and they will describe it as a grey area because there are five pieces of legislation that dictate what that relationship is. There are also five different calculator tools to even work that out. Is anybody in government at any level planning on streamlining that process? So a small business who engages with a contractor goes to one website, business.gov.au would be perfect, determines whether that person is an employee versus contractor and then knows what to do. Because the great majority of small businesses want to do the right thing. Absolutely. They're out there to make sure that yep. they're compliant. But yep. this is utter confusion. What's the plan? Uh, red tape and small business um, basically should never ever be there. I, I hate red tape, in particular when I hear that red tape is actually impinging upon your ability to do business. So as a government, as a coalition government, um, as you know, again, our mission is to reduce red tape. To give you a figure, since we came into government, we've reduced red tape by about $6.7 billion. In relation to small businesses particularly, and this is something that you would be aware of with your small business, we streamlined the business activity statement. That is actually now saving small businesses around $570 per year. So that's a really practical example of how governments can reduce red tape. We also have a $300 million fund with the states, um, we will work and we are working with individual states, they will identify for us areas of red tape to, you know, specific to their particular state because all states are different in Australia and we will work with them to reduce the red tape in those particular areas. But you raise a very, very good point. Um, small business need a one-stop shop. They need a trusted one-stop shop, business.gov.au, that they can go online and know that is the portal for small business. If I need information, I know that going there, it will provide me with the correct source of information. But they don't know that. Uh, no, no, but this is something that Karen Andrews and I have actually been working on. We commissioned a working group of small business people across Australia. Um, we had two very good meetings with them, and this is all in relation to business.gov.au and what we can do to ensure that it is addressing the needs of small business because it's run out of the industry department. We now have the report back from the working group and we are actively looking at that. And again, if we are given the privilege of governing Australia, um, as of May 18th again, Absolutely, I'm committed to a one-stop shop for information for small business because anything that we can do to make it easier for small business, in particular to access government websites, we need to be doing that. So there's a possibility that 
business.gov.au could have the one-stop shop employment versus contractor tool on there? That is, it would actually be across the board. We want it to literally be a one-stop shop for small business, regardless of the issue. It'd be a portal that you would then access and it would take you to the relevant information. But the problem is, is this legislation is covered on five, the, the, the contractor versus employee relationship yep. is across five. Absolutely. So you need to know what state you're doing business in so you could comply with the laws of that particular state. And you know, we're a federation. States do do things differently um, in Australia because we are a federation. But certainly if a state has concerns in relation to red tape and the issue of employee versus contractor, they can certainly approach the federal government under that $300 million fund um, and work with us to simplify the issues. But if anybody out there does have any queries about whether or not a, a particular person that they are working with is an employee or a contractor, in the first instance, they can go to the Fair Work Ombudsman at a federal level and seek guidance from them. Okay, because that's one aspect, that's one piece of legislation, which is Fair Work, and then there's the ATO and super. Absolutely. But and they've got two different tools. Yep, so two different tools, and again though, Federation of States, they are different pieces of legislation. Mm. So depending on the piece of legislation you are working under, um, there will potentially be different rules. And that is why it is important to allow access to a one-stop shop. So small and family businesses know, if I go to this particular portal, it will take me to the relevant information. And that is certainly something that I would I want to deliver if we get over the line on the 18th of May. Let's talk about investment because obviously the government is one of the biggest investors in Absolutely. business in Australia. Um, what are your plans in the next three to five years? Which sectors are you going to be focusing on? Because obviously sustainability is an issue that faces every human being, not just every business. And it's important for businesses in terms of um, energy saving. It's in terms of the longevity of existing <laughs> the, the ability to feed our families oh, and a whole absolutely. bunch of other things. Absolutely. So what is the plan yep. in terms of the sustainability sector, because that will affect and trickle onto every small business, that the Liberal Party is planning for the next three to five years? Okay, so let's just talk about generally across the board the economy in the first instance. We are, as a country, um, looking at, you know, almost 29 years of uninterrupted economic growth. That is a good thing. Oh, that's because small business has been running the and no, no, and that, you know, and that is and that is why small business needs to be front and centre. Absolutely, I'm a big believer, Alexi. Governments don't create jobs. What we do is put in place the policies mm -hmm. that will enable small businesses to prosper and grow. They are the job creators of the country, and that is why, for me, something like tax relief, instant asset write-off, payment times, etc., reducing red tape is so important because small businesses are then able to lever off those policies. If you look at our job creation record, we said in 2013 when we came to government, we would put in place the right policies so that the economy could create a million jobs within five years. We did that five months ahead of time. That has now enabled us, I think we've created now almost, or the economy's created almost 1.3 million jobs. We have now said we will create a further 1.25 million jobs. But we need to ensure, as you have said, you're actually investing across the board so that small businesses are able to access the policies. 
One of the big areas that small businesses raise with me though is access to skilled labour. Unemployment at record lows, 5%. So we need to ensure that we are investing appropriately in skilling up Australians so that small businesses who do want to take on someone are able to get that right person. So for me, I'm also the Minister for Vocational Education and Training. We announced a huge package at the election, $585 million. And in particular, one of the um, policies that we've announced is the creation of 80,000 new apprentices. And we are looking at the top 10 areas of skills needs. So where are the gaps going to be over the next three to five years? And we will specifically focus on those areas. So plumbers, carpenters, etc., pastry cooks. Because we know that unless we invest in those areas, there will not be the skilled labour that small businesses are telling us that they require. We've also though, as a government, we acknowledge states do things differently. And we have announced in Tasmania a skilled investment package that is specific to Tasmania and in particularly the project for Tasmania to become the battery of the nation. So this is all very much at looking at how we can skill up Tasmanians in areas of skills need that the Tasmanian government tells us they require. So what you're looking at is across the economy, putting in place the right policies or building on the policies that we've put in place to date. But very much so what I hear from small business as I go around Australia is we need access to skilled labour. And that is why the government has such a focus on ensuring that small businesses small and family businesses um, and other businesses obviously have access to the skilled labour they need but in particular in the areas that we know looking at all of the data there are going to be gaps going forward. So you're talking about sustainability in terms of labour and skilled absolutely and if you don't have that then how do you grow your business? Yeah uh, what about the sustainability of uh, energy for example so the importance of making sure that 10, 20, 30 years when we run out of our resources that we are currently using up, what is the plan? Because we have to plan for the future. And every business relies on energy and every Absolutely. business on sustainability. So yeah. what is the plan moving forward to move away from non-renewable resources and into renewables? And the coalition has a very, very clear plan, unlike, and I will get political here, because I think as we go forward, um, th this is such a contrast between the two parties. We have a clear plan that will ensure that we meet our Paris reduction targets. That is part of our plan. That we ensure reliability of energy because as you know, unless you have a base load reliable energy, you are not going to be able to supply the energy that business needs. But at the same time, we need to ensure that businesses are able to afford the energy that they do have. How? So that is our, yep, great, great question. Because we actually, Angus Taylor, who is the Minister for Small and Family Business, he, sorry, he is the Minister for Energy, what am I saying? I'm the Minister for Small and Family <laughs> Business. Um, he has actually announced some grants. So if any of your small businesses need to understand what these um, grants are, they are all about ensuring 
that small businesses are able to access a grant to help them become more energy efficient. So to actually, because again, small businesses across Australia, they are so diverse. Their energy needs are different. But what we do know is that they do need assistance to become as energy efficient as possible, depending on what the need for their small business is. So we have these grants available and if anyone needs any further information on these grants, call my office and we will absolutely ensure that you have access to those grants because we need as a government to do whatever we can so that small businesses, in terms of their energy consumption, they are doing it in a way that will reduce their cost. So as a government, we've got really practical policy solutions in place to ensure small businesses um, across the board are able to prosper, grow, and ultimately create more jobs for Australians. Look, Senator Cash, I'd like to thank you very much for offering us your time. It is, we have run out of time. It's been a fantastic That was the quickest interview I've ever done. <laughs> that feels really quick because obviously there are so many different issues that we can talk there about. There are hundreds of issues. We, we, we need to do this again, hopefully. We certainly do. I would love to have you in the studios at Triple H 100.1 FM up in Hornsby to talk about love to. not just local issues, uh, but actually those that are, this is a national Oh, abs absolutely. Why? And I mean, you know, there are so many other issues. One in quick question. Yeah, actually. go for it. Will it be the Liberal Party's intention to keep the Minister for Small Business in Cabinet after the election? Yes. Good. That's good news. For absolutely. Because uh, it wasn't for a while, was no, it? it? Look, and it is under me. It is absolutely in Cabinet. I think the Prime Minister has also made it very clear uh, our commitment to what is the engine room of the Australian economy, uh, and in particular in terms of you know putting in place the right economic framework, because as we know, when small business in Australia, small and family business, prosper and grows, they do create more jobs for Australians, and we are a job-creating government, and we want to continue to ensure that small businesses and family businesses in Australia have the right economic framework in which to work. And also, when we prosper, we make the government look good. Too. <laughs> it's a win-win situation. Exactly. Look, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program today. Fabulous uh, to be with you, Alexi. Those of you who have been listening, you can catch up via smallbizmatters.com.au where you can listen to up to 130 podcasts as well as 70 on iTunes on all aspects of small business education. In particular, we're talking about the federal election today, but we will talk about lots of different great aspects of small business in the coming weeks. Thank you once again for joining us. Absolute pleasure to be with you and I look forward to catching up with you in the studio next time. Thank you, Michaela.